Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We have to hear the good news. That's why we teach here. That's why we share the Word of God in every weekend. Second, hearing isn't enough. Notice the writer says they were on the verge of going into the promised land. They heard the promise, but they didn't believe it. It's not enough to believe in God. We have to believe God. Much of the world believes in God, but they don't believe God. That's very different. In survey after survey, Americans state that they believe that there's a God. Well, over 90% of the people surveyed affirm this belief. Many, many people state that they're Christians. Of course, the natural question to ask is, if all these people say they believe in God, why is society the way it is? Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the difference between knowing about God and knowing and believing God you'll hear about the importance of learning to trust God to do what he says he will do. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 4 as he continues his message, The Challenge to Rest. Now back to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. For we also have had the gospel preached to us. He's talking to this little home group. Now what was the gospel preached to them? What is the good news that was preached to these Jews that caused them to change from Judaism to Christianity? What is the good news that has been preached to you and I? What is the good news? Well, it's Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Here's the good news. For by grace you've been saved. That's good news. Through faith, notice, it's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not by work so that no one can boast. So, what kind of rest comes from hearing this good news and receiving this good news and accepting salvation by faith? What kind of good news? It's our second kind. I'm going to call it salvation rest. It's rest from guilt And the penalty of sin. I want to talk to you about something because it's amazing. If you look around the world, I don't have statistics on this, but I think I can say to you, if you take all Christians out of the world, born again Christ followers out of the world, take them out of the world, you're left with two groups of people. Agnostic, atheists, whatever, who really don't have anything to do with any kind of gods. And then you're left with religious people, Hindus. Many of them are religious people. So, I believe there's more religious people in the world 
trying to be right with God by good works than there are atheists and agnostics in the world. The most difficult thing you have is people that are religious who are trying to earn their salvation. You stop and think about that for a moment. And as you think about it, if you're trying to earn your good works, where does rest come from? At one point you go, I achieved it. Well, there's no definition for that. There's, there's no status that you get to that you've achieved enough good works to be right with God. So understand, if you think about this, it was like the law. The Jewish people tried to keep the law to prove that they were good enough. How good is good enough? There is no way you can ever be good enough. We don't even know what that means, where it starts, where it stops. So when we have salvation by grace, it's a gift from God. Understand, our salvation doesn't depend on works. Because if it did, if your salvation depended on works, what would that look like in an average week for any of us in this room? How much rest? Would your life not look like this all week? I was really good today. And then tomorrow, you get up in the morning, and you and your wife have this little deal. Now, you're not good anymore. So, how much good things are you going to do to offset what you just blew that morning with your wife? Those of you who aren't married, relax. You went into work. Somebody teed you off. You responded, but not like you should. How much, how many chapters tonight to read to offset that? I'm not joking. I'm serious. How much to offset it? I don't know. So, I mean, our week would be what? Miserable. You talk about tossing and turning all night. God, don't come today. I haven't done enough yet. Please don't come. Now, we joke about that, but you know, some of us were almost raised with that mentality. If God came today, you better get down to this altar. Some of us were raised with that. Because we were never secure in our salvation. Your salvation, my salvation doesn't depend on me. It depends on Christ. That's why it's called salvation rest. There's no more fear of death. No more fear of loneliness. No more fear of emptiness. So, as we think about that, my salvation depends not on me, but on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. There's no need to try and work for our salvation, which was never possible anyway. The spiritual rest that I have is found only in Jesus Christ. On the cross, Jesus said this. Say it with me. It is is finished. But what does Satan say to us? Well, it's not finished for you. You're not good enough. Why would a Christ follower do that? He's the condemner. Romans 8. You know what I'm talking about. And that destroys rest. Now, everyone who is in Christ is at spiritual rest. Well, how do I get in Christ? 
you're going to see in a moment, you already know, you get in Christ by believing, receiving. Everyone who is not in Christ continues to try and work for their salvation. And as they do that, automatically, by definition, they are never at rest. That's why religion is misery. Because it's do, 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 do. And no, salvation is done. Religion is due. Now, would you call that good news? That's great news. We take it for granted, but it's so powerful. Now, here's three steps to enter God's rest. Number one, we have to hear the good news. Can't get saved unless you hear the good news. Because you try to find man's way to be right with God. We have to hear the good news. That's why we teach here. That's why we share the word of God in every weekend. Second, hearing isn't enough. Notice the writer says they were on the verge of going into the promised land. They heard the promise, but they didn't believe it. It's not enough to believe in God. We have to believe God. Much of the world believes in God, but they don't believe God. That's very different. So step number two is we have to believe the good news. We have to mix it with faith. Faith simply means I believe it and I'll receive it. Now, some of you remember you have children. So you'll understand this next illustration. Here's an antibiotic. That's the kind of stuff I used to have to go through. God delivered me from that. Now I don't have to remember any of that. In fact, I'd have no idea. There's a couple things that I can remember, sea chains and whatever, but man, Lord help me. That's what antibiotic looks like, formula. All those five years of chemistry I had. Here's amoxicillin powder. It's a powder. Now, it's powerful. It will knock out all kinds of bacteria in your children. But you have to do something to activate it. What is that? You have to... Mix it with water. See, the word of God's like that. It's powerful, but it's no use unless it's mixed with your faith. You have to mix it. You have to say it's going to work for me. You have to believe it. So that's what happened here. And I think it's very important for us to understand God's word is no good unless we mix it with faith. So hearing doesn't do enough. There has to be this mixture of our faith. Mere knowledge of God's word is not sufficient. It must be appropriated by saving faith. Let me read to you from Chuck Smith. Jesus said to his disciples, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. That should close the door once and for all on our endeavor by our works to hope to please God and appease God for our sins. If the scribes and the Pharisees couldn't make it by works, there is no way you and I would ever make it by our good works. They were filled with good works, yet they failed. Why? Because of unbelief. The message of grace was preached to them, but they were bound up in their works, and so it remained that some of them did not enter into the rest. The ones to whom it was first preached, they did not enter into because of unbelief. So, I've said to you twice now in this sermon, once as it got ready to start just a few moments ago, there's no reason for one person in this room to leave without God's rest. Well, what's going to activate that? Your faith. And at the end of the service, we're going to activate it by standing. It's going to be a sign that I agree with God. I can have God's peace and his rest. Now, 
You might stand. You said, well, you mean you're going to ask everybody to stand? Yeah. Do you believe it? No, I don't believe it. I'm going to stand. I want people to look at me. So you can stand. But if you don't believe it, will it work? No, you just didn't open the bottle of amoxicillin. And it will have no effect. It's powerful. But it must be mixed with your faith. Your wife can't stand for you. An elder can't stand for you. I can't stand for you. I have to stand for myself. It's my faith. It's his rest. But it's my faith. I have to mix it. Now, here's step number three. Remember the third word I told you? Enter. Rest. Mix. Enter. Enter by faith into the rest. It's not just this belief in the head and mix it into my heart. It moves me forward. It moves me. It enters me in. For instance, for the children of Israel, it eventually they stepped into the promised land. You entered in. I have to enter into it. I have to begin to walk it out. Because Israel never entered in, they never ever attained all that God had for them. Now listen, a young married couple on their wedding night reserved a great honeymoon suite at a fancy hotel. They went up to the room. They were so excited. He carried her across the door. You know the whole deal. It was big and fancy when they went in that room. It was incredible. But as they looked around, there was no bed. Well, they kind of goes like, what's up with that? Whatever. And they noticed there was a sofa. And so they thought, well, maybe. And sure enough, it made into this sofa bed. Well, they were going to go right down and complain. Something's wrong. Get the right room. But as you can imagine, on that night, they had a few other things in their mind. In the morning, they did get up. And they went to the front desk and complained. Said, we reserved the honeymoon suite for the special night. Didn't even have a bed. It had this funky sofa bed. The clerk looked at him, looked at the room key, puzzled, and he said, well, while you were in your room, did you open the door inside your room? They said, you mean the closet door? He said, that wasn't a closet door. So they went back up to their room. They went into the room, past the sofa bed, and there was the door that they thought was a closet door. They opened the door, and as they walked in, this huge bridal suite... There was a king-size bed, a jacuzzi, Belgium chocolates, a large fruit basket, a beautiful flower arrangement, and the champagne that had been on ice, it was all melted. They'd missed out on everything that the hotel had arranged for them because they failed to do what? To enter the room. For us, it's very often the same. God has so much for us. We just fail to enter the room. Look at verse 3. Now we who have believed entered that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on my oath and my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. Here's a third kind of rest I want to talk to you about tonight creation rest. It's rest because of completion. 
Genesis 2.2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. We know, according to this, that after the sixth day of creation, God rested. Now, God didn't rest because he was tired. He wasn't the one that came up with the saying, TGIS, thank God it's the Sabbath. He, he wasn't tired. He rested. Understand this. He rested because his work was completed. It was finished. What's the application for us? When we understand that we have a finished salvation, we can rest just like God rested. There's nothing left for God to do in my salvation. It's finished. It's a done deal. Now, there's an interesting part as I studied that. One commentator says this, and I love it. God's rest was interrupted by the entrance of sin into the world. Since that time, the rest has always been there, but God has been working ceaselessly with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Look at John five seventeen. Jesus said to them, My Father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. You see, the rest is there, but the world doesn't know about the rest. Why? Because of sin. So, our goal is to present the good news. Because our neighbors don't understand the completed work of Jesus Christ. And they can be at rest. Verse 5. And again in the passage above it says, They shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter the rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in, underline this in your Bible, because of their disobedience. So, unbelief leads to disobedience. If I don't believe that's true, I just do my thing. If you don't believe God's word is true, if you don't mix it with faith, if you don't believe it, you will have a life of disobedience. Adam and Eve didn't believe God. And because of that, their rest was interrupted. Remember, he's speaking to this small home group church. Don't ever think going back into the Old Covenant. All this that we're seeing in the Old Testament is a picture of the Old Covenant, which was simply a picture of the New Covenant coming. Remember, there never could be complete rest. And you'll see there never is perfect rest for us because we still have that sin nature. But the day coming, oh, it's coming. Well, look at verse 7. Therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today. When a long time later, he spoke to David. As it was said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would have not spoken later about another day. See, really, Moses didn't lead the people into rest because of unbelief. Joshua finally did lead them into the land of rest. But they never accomplished. They never really had all that God wanted for them because they disobeyed. Very often they thought, well... God, we just wiped that city out. We can do it without you in the next city. You remember the story after story after story after story. 
Then later, David says there was a future rest that was possible. If Joshua had found the full rest, then today you can enter the rest would have absolutely no meaning to us. It would make no sense. So David, when he's writing in Psalm 95, he's writing about a future event because obviously in the Old Testament, the fullness that was found in Christ never happened until Jesus Christ came. Listen to this. This is a difficult chapter in many ways. Listen to this. Put your thinking cap on for a second. Although Joshua led the people into the promised land, God still promised a rest to come after they were in the promised land. Thus, there's a promise of real, real rest. It's not the promised land. It's not the creation rest. It's not the Canaan rest. It's Christ's rest. And we have the privilege of entering into that. Now, remember, this rest can be defined as entering into all that got it. It's not just like this. I got the peace of God. No, it's way more than that. That's part of it. So, before Jesus left this earth, he promised something. The fourth kind of rest. And this is the rest that I think is so incredibly pregnant with possibilities for all of us. It's called everyday rest. I just named it that. It's physical and spiritual rest as we grow in our faith and mature in our walk with God. Remember, before Jesus left the earth, he said this to his disciples. John 14, 17. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. John 7, 30. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, streams of living water will flow from within him. So, the rest that God has for me is much different than the promised land. Don't confuse the promised land with a picture of heaven. Promised land was not a picture of heaven. Heaven, there's no sin, there's no battles, there's no fights. The promised land was always the spirit-filled life. It was more to be accomplished. Some of the individuals had a glimpse of it, but most of the children of Israel never even entered that. So notice, when I have salvation rest, that is not the end. We talked about this again on Monday night in our meeting. As you know, we're getting ready to start the jump start. It'll be the third Sunday here at the 1045 service every month and the fourth Sunday at Vieira during their 1045 service. And if you have new believers, you know of new believers, people that have come to the Lord in the last few months and they've never been, this is a one and a half hour class that's going to be dynamite by the elders answering the common questions. And one of the things that we talked about that I wanted to make sure got in there, and it's already going to be in there. Remember, the Christian lifestyle is not an event. It's a lifestyle that moves on and on and on into this maturity and walk with the Lord. So God doesn't just have for us salvation rest. I mean, that's incredible. Can't replace it. But we don't stop there. Today, Pastor Mark taught about God's promise of rest to those who believe and follow Him. You heard about the different aspects of God's rest and how they apply to you. Pastor Mark talked about Israel's lack of faith in God, which resulted in their not entering the promised land. And he warned you not to make the same mistake of lack of faith as they did. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. 
feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will wind up his teaching, The Challenge to Rest. You'll hear him talk more about the different types of rest available to you from God and the great benefits you can have by doing your life God's way. You'll hear more about the dangers of unbelief and more importantly, how you can learn to trust God and then access this rest he has for you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.